Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Just so glad you're here. We are in a series um, called Letting Go to Grow. And this actually comes from a word that uh, we believe is for our church um, uh, for 2022. And that's uh, talking about uh, increasing our capacity. And that as you uh, increase your capacity, that then God will fill that. Right, we see that with um, the woman who had the oil, and she she came to the prophet. She said, "I'm in great need." He said, "Find vessels," and so she went out, found vessels, and the more vessels she had, the oil was flowing and kept going. And once she uh, ran out of capacity, that's when it stopped. And so I believe that as we make room, make capacity, enlarge our capacity um, in our lives, that God will fill it with His goodness, with His peace, with the things of God. Um, for you, which are good in Jesus' name. So there's multiple different ways, right? You can um, expand your capacity. You can do like that woman. She found extra jars. Where are some extra jars? Finding them. Um, Or also letting go of things that are taking up capacity um, so that God can fill. So we've been talking about that. Pastor Chris um, uh, has some awesome messages. And so today we're gonna wrap it up and we're gonna look Um, uh, look at a story in the Bible, but uh, we see all throughout scripture that God has a good plan for you, that there are promises in the Bible that are for you, that that you have a hope and a future, right? I think so, absolutely. That you have, that all of God's promises are what? Yes and amen, that God has good things for you, that God gave his best Jesus. So the scripture says he will not withhold any good thing, right? Um, Isaiah 43 says this. It says, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will make roads in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God wants to do a new thing. He's got good plans for you. The Bible is full of promises for you uh, that God has a plan, a purpose, and his goodness for your life that is in store for your life. Now, in the Bible, there's an account of a young man who God spoke through a dream about his God-given purpose and destiny. This man, uh, it was a good end. This young man was Joseph son of Jacob. And we're gonna look at this account and identify something that we too can let go so that we can walk in the plans and the purposes for us that God has for our lives. In Genesis 37, we find Joseph, um, not yet. We found Joseph and Joseph, he was daddy's favorite, like, uh, I probably, yeah, Jen says that's me. I probably shouldn't have said that over there. Sorry, Jen's sisters. Um, but, um, you know, it, Joseph was the favorite. Um, his dad bought him a coat that was beautiful, right? We have a musical about that. <coughs> there was, he was the favorite. And, and so now Joseph, uh, his brothers hate him. His brothers hate him because he is his favorite. And, and so now Joseph actually has a dream, excuse me, 
I'm like two weeks, I'm apparently so excited, I'm out of breath and out of water. This is not sponsored by Nalgene, but it's good. All right, there we go. So um, now Joseph has a prophetic dream from God speaking to his future and God's plan for his life. Joseph then, he goes on to tell his brothers who already hate him. Like the Bible's actually very explicit that they don't just like dislike him or anything. It says they hate him. Now in Genesis 37, six, it says this. Listen to this dream, he said. We were out in the field, (coughs) pardon me, tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around, bowed down low before mine. So this dream from God was speaking to Joseph's uh, call on his life of leadership and authority. It was a God-given prophetic dream for his life. And so he shares this with his brothers. And his brothers, what what did they do? They did not go, wow, that's wow. That's amazing, that's great. No, 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 they didn't say that makes sense. It goes on, his brothers said, um, in verse eight, his brothers responded, so you think you'll be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and the way he talked to them about it. So they hated him even more. So then Joseph, he has another dream of sun and stars and a moon and bowing down to him. And so what does Joseph do? He shares this dream again with brothers who already hate him so much. Uh, And he shares with them and they hate him even more. So they hated him, they hated him more, hated him even more. Like, you know, your family, so there there were some issues, I would say. And so one day Joseph goes out to the field with his 11 brothers and his brothers decide, we're gonna kill him. Now you thought your family had some issues, but this family has some issues. Um, And so one of the brothers says, let's not kill him. Let's throw him into a pit. So they throw him into the pit. Some slave traders come by and the brothers decide, hey, this is actually to our benefit. We could sell him. This is better than him being dead. Let's sell him. Let's get some money. We'll go on Amazon. This is good. Um, So they sell him into the slave trade. And so Joseph is sold into slavery and brought to Egypt. Now we'll pick up his story, the rest of it later. But first I find is interesting is this family has some issues, probably should have gone to counseling. But Joseph had a dream from God about his purpose and his destiny, the call on his life. And, and, but things are not turning out at all like that dream. His dream was that, okay, people are going to, like, they're my family, they're going to bow down to me. No, no, no. He's instead the opposite, very opposite way into a pit. He's actually going in the very opposite direction. Maybe this sounds familiar to you, that you've seen God's promises in the word, but where you see your life going, it seems like there's God's promise, but it's going the opposite direction. But I want to highlight something that I think is interesting in the story of Joseph and this account. So God gave him this dream. It was a dream from God, spoke to his future, his plan for him to be in a leadership and authority. And then Joseph shares this with his brothers who hated him already. It's not a mystery to Joseph. Joseph wasn't like, I don't know, maybe let's just see. No, he knew they hated him even more. And then he has another dream. He shares it again and they hate him even more. Why would he do that? 
Why would he share a dream with people he knew they already hate him? And then why would he, after they're like, oh, why would you talk to us that way? He gets another dream and shares it again with them who they're already furious with them. I believe Joseph was doing something that at times you and I can do. Joseph was trying to make the dream from God, the promise from God happen his own way and his own plan. That he was trying to make that God-given dream happen in his own time, his own timeline, his own strength, his own effort. I believe he thought, listen, I'm gonna tell my brothers this dream and they're gonna be like, wow, and they'll bow down to me. And then, oh, I, I guess they, they didn't really hear me or uh, something, so I'm gonna tell them this other dream and they're for sure going to then bow down to me. I'm going to tell them, march there, let me throw on my coat and tell them this, right? Um, but of course, that's not what happened at all. Joseph finds him in a, uh, himself in a worse position. I think at times we can do as Joseph and try and impose our way our plans onto, onto how God's promises will happen in our life. We can see God's promises in his word that are yes and amen, that are for us, but then we have our plan. Okay, this is how it's gonna happen. This is, this is what it will look like. This is when it will happen. And this is what God's going to use. We, we can have a plan already worked out in our mind of how it will come to pass. Have you ever done that before? I most definitely have. You read a promise from God and you're like, okay, God, I already got it figured out. Check your inbox. I read it and like, I've already figured it out. Tic-tac-toe, this is how we're going to do it, God, right? Um, and, and we can say, okay, this is how it is. This is my plan. Okay, God, well, you're, you're gonna use this job, then you're gonna use this, or oh, then you're gonna use this person, or okay, like I see, okay, uh, and you figure out, don't worry, I, we can even get to the point of, don't worry, God, I got it figured out. Just, just follow the plan. Like, here's my plan now. I see the promise. Here's my plan. Now, do you mind applying your God stuff to my plan, right? Or even as Joseph, forcing it, trying to make it happen. Force it in our own timing. Make it happen on our own. I've been waiting long enough, God. I'm just gonna make it happen. I've been waiting long enough for the right person. I'm just gonna make it happen. I've been waiting long enough for breakthrough. Uh, I've been waiting long enough for like my kids to come back. To, I'm just gonna make it happen, right? Like, um, and we can try and make it happen. Or, uh, okay, I, and, and we, we wait. We, instead of waiting, we make it happen. Often we try and use, when we try and use our plan, when we try and use our plan or our ways to God's promise, I think we end up as Joseph many times. We end up in a pit. We end up in a pit of disappointment, of uh, I thought what God was gonna use this, but he didn't. I thought God was going to use this person, but he didn't. Or I thought this was going to look different but than this, and we can be disappointed. Or in a pit of frustration. Things are not looking as I thought, and you get frustrated. Things are taking longer. This is not the plan, the Excel sheet that I sent you, God. This is taking longer. Maybe a pit of broken relationships from you trying to force things to happen and enforcing you have people behind you that are broken because you're forcing things to happen. Maybe a pit of lack of purpose or fulfillment or maybe a pit of hurt 
You know, Proverbs 14, 12 says this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. This is what Joseph found. His brothers wanted to kill him. It was only when they found out, hey, we could make some money, that they did not kill him. His plan led him, I believe, to a path of where his brothers wanted to kill him. You know, our plan, our way, will never lead us to the things of God, to what God has for you in his word. Our plan, our way, will never lead us to what God has for you. Isaiah 55, 8 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways uh, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, God's ways are not my ways. God's ways, his thoughts are not your thoughts. They're higher, they're greater. We cannot walk in and experience what God has promised and what he has if we're walking on our own way or in our own thoughts. We're going to come up short. You will not walk in what God has for you. It is only in his way and his leading that we will be able to walk in what he has, his plans. When Jesus was on his way to the cross, he was in the garden. He prayed to the Father. I believe he prayed as, so that we can also see as an example and this is the moment just before Judas comes in the garden and gives him the kiss. And this is what he does. In Luke 22, 42, he says, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. So Jesus is on the cusp of taking on all the sins of humanity taking all sickness, all disease, the punishment of sin, uh, uh, death, taking your place and my, way, uh, my place. And, and he says, not my will, but your will. Now, scripture tells us that before the foundation of time, that Jesus was actually predestined to die for you and I. So the plan was in place for before time, before eternity, for, for all eternity. So before Jesus did what was planned for him before time, he had to surrender his will to the Father. And I believe that's demonstrating to us is that in order to walk in the plans, the purposes that God has for us, we need to surrender our will, our way, our plans to the Father and say, God, not my way, but your way. Not my will, but your will. Not my, my way of doing things, but yours. To walk in the, in the purposes and plans that God has for you, to experience the goodness that he has, we need to let go of the control that we sometimes can hold on to our life. We need to let go of our way. We need to let go of our plans. But you're not just, when you do that, you're not just letting go and to just, just be ambivalent and, and be what will be, what will be, right? That's, that's not what we are to do as Christians, where it's like, okay, it's just up to anything. And like, just life happens to me, man. Like, that's not what God has. You're not just letting go to let go. You're letting go of your plans, reaching on by faith to God's promises, his way, and his process. You're actually reaching by faith forward to his process. 
Because God has a process that will bring you from where you are to his purpose and plan and the promise he has for your life. Philippians uh, 1.6 says this, being confident of this very thing, that he who began, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. See, God is doing a good work in your life and he started it and he will bring it to completion, but he will do it through his process, his way, his timing, his path. God has a process of bringing you from where you are into what he has for you. You know, where we left Joseph off, he was sold into slavery. And he sold into slavery at Potiphar's house. And scripture tells us that uh, the Lord was with Joseph. And he actually, uh, he was doing so well, he was succeeding at everything he did, that he was actually, Potiphar this, uh, made him the ruler over his house. He controlled the whole house. He had great favor, great success. And the Lord was with him. And I can see Joseph thinking, man, things are actually, like it was rough, but things are actually going pretty good here. I'm running this place. I, I, I'm running this house. But then Potiphar's wife makes false accusations. Uh, or one, she tries to get him to sleep with him multiple times. He says, no. Um, and she makes false accusations. He gets thrown into prison. So it goes from like bad, worse into worse. Now he's in prison. But scripture tells us again that the Lord was with Joseph. And two guys in the jail had dreams, a cupbearer and a baker. One guy, it was not a good interpretation for him. The other guy, it was pretty good. One guy, he's like, yeah, you're gonna die. The other guy is like, no, you're gonna be placed back. And so Joseph, he becomes, he's running the jail. He's doing well in prison, a prisoner running the prison. This is uh, pretty good. Now later, Pharaoh, the most powerful person in the world at that time, has a dream that troubled him. And the cupbearer remembers, ah, I remember this Joseph guy. And Joseph gets called up, interprets the dream, and uh, that it would be seven years of really good, seven years of famine, you need to save. And Pharaoh makes him in charge of the nation. He makes him the, the second most powerful man in Egypt. He's the sec, really the second most powerful man in the world. So Joseph went from the prison to the palace. And later his brothers, we'll see that they actually came. They bowed down him before him in the famine. Um, but Joseph's journey, going from a dream that God gave him, was not the way he thought it would be. And actually the dream that how he interpreted it was, okay, my brothers are going to, I'm gonna be in a position where my brothers are gonna bow down to me. Let me make that happen right now in my little like land where I am with my dad, right? But God's dream was actually for him, his plan was actually so much bigger than that, that not that just his brothers would be like, hey, I'm way better than you, bow down to, right? That's what Joseph thought. Instead he was, instead he was, the second most powerful man in Egypt is what God had. It was bigger. But he went through a process to go from the pit to the palace through God's process and God's way. And he kept trusting the Lord. And the scripture says, the Lord was with him every step of the way. When things looked like 
He was taking a step back, then taking a serious step back, and then couldn't even see the step, that actually he was taking a step closer and closer and closer to the palace, to the promise that God had. I, what would have happened to Joseph if he had given up at Potiphar's house? Like he'd be like, okay, that's it. I'm gonna end it here. I was like, I, my brothers were gonna kill me. I was in a pit. Now I'm like sold into slavery. Now I'm actually running this house, doing pretty good. And then it all goes. What would happen? I think he would have missed out on what God had. That uh, uh, all of his, Israel, the nation, would have been affected. But instead, he trusted God and he trusted that he was with him. You know, our church's name Thrive, it, uh, it means a lot to me. I, I love that the, the word thrive, uh, based off of Psalms 92, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will thrive or flourish in the courts of our God. And the reason why I like the word thrive is thrive, thriving is a process. Like you're never, if something reaches like the pinnacle, the only way down you're not thriving, you're declining. That thriving is a growing process. And I believe that is actually for us, is that we are called to thrive with God, to grow with him, but it's a growing process. As long as we are here on this earth and afterwards, I think we're always going to be growing and growing and growing in a process with the Lord. That we're never ever like, okay, I'm there. We always get to grow with him and that we get to go through a process with God. Not like a pin, not like a destination, but okay, I'm getting to be with God's process, with God's process. You know, so in our house, obviously, it's like all baby stuff, right? Like we're all about baby right now. Um, it is great. I'm loving it. Baby snuggles. It's like a built-in heater. You're cold at night. Just pick up a baby and cuddle, and you're 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 warmed up, right? We can turn the heat. It's all good. But um, oh, two weeks ago, we did not have a baby. A week, actually, seven. Eight days ago, we didn't have a baby. And leading up to this, like we had in our mind thoughts of when this little girl would come. I had like a thought of, okay, I think it's gonna be this date. And then Natalie actually, she had like early, like early labor and for like a couple of weeks. And so like, I'm like, every time I'm like, okay, this is, this is gonna be it. This is gonna be it. And then I'm like, I'm ready, like with the go bag. Like, okay, like, are we going? Are we going? Like, I'm ready. Um, and, 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 then, and then it's like, oh, and then the contractions slow down. And, oh, it's not yet. And then the date that I thought, okay, it's gonna be this date. And then it passes and I'm like, oh, then it's not. And then we like try everything that we can. Like, okay, eat this spicy food. Okay, do um, deep lunges. Natalie, run around the block. Like, and when that doesn't work, eventually it can lead, it led to a bit of frustration of like, okay, when is this baby gonna come? Like, cause we could see the promise in Natalie, right? We'd been believing for this little girl for like three years, you, some of you know our story. We've been believing for this baby. And, and, and it's like, we see the promise. When is it gonna come? Each contraction and I'm like, okay, it's gonna be it. And then it doesn't. And you get frustrated. And then, okay, is it, is it this time? And then it doesn't. And, and, and then I get frustrated or disappointed. Natalie got frustrated, disappointed or discouraged. And, and I, at times it was just so frustrating. But there, that was actually part, those contractions, all that stuff was actually not just useless. It was part of the process. It was part of the process for the baby to get into position. 
That extra time was so that she could bulk up. Sorry, Elia, but you bulk up, um, right? And part of that time was so that she could strengthen. And realizing that, you know, in the time that I was getting frustrated or Natalie was getting frustrated or disappointed is actually it was just part of the process of baby getting ready to come. That promise getting ready to come. You know, as Christians, I think we, we can see God's promise in his word. If you open it up, you can see, you can read his promise. You know it's for you. And you see it, you expect it. We are people of faith. You have your faith holding on to it. And we think like, we thought with those contractions, okay, this is gonna be it. We can at times be like, okay, God's gonna bring this to pass this way. Or okay, breakthrough's gonna come through this way. And he's gonna bring it. But when that job doesn't work out, or when, when that, that person doesn't come through, when that circumstance doesn't look the way it should, we, we can get frustrated. We can get disappointed. We can get hurt. But could it be that sometimes that that is actually part of God's process of getting you into position. That it's like those contractions where it's like, oh, we thought and then they didn't happen and we're like disappointed. It's actually just the baby getting into position to come. That God is getting you into position in his process. Now, let's be clear that God will never use anything that Christ has redeemed us from. He will not use sickness. He will not use poverty. He will not use death. That is not who he is. Why would God deliver us from something, uh, redeem us from the curse, and then use it? He will not. That is not from him. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. That is who he is. He is a good father. But God will use things, have a process to get us into position Sounds like kids are having fun down there. <laughs> They're in a process of fun. And position us into the place where we're so close to the promise or to the palace that he has for you. Can I encourage you today with this? To trust God and his process. To trust God and his process. That he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. And to say, not my will, but your will. Not, not my will, but your will. Not my way, but your way. Not, not my spreadsheet, Lord, but what you have for me. A life surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus, I believe is a fulfilling one. One of fulfillment, abundance, adventure, peace. He has got good things for you. Can I encourage you that he has got you? He has got you today. That Joseph, it looked like he was going backwards, but the Lord had him. Maybe, maybe things this week, this month, these last two years feel like you've been going backwards. It's like, God, I thought this is how it was going to happen. I thought it was going to happen this way. I thought it was going to happen by now. What's up? But can I encourage you that he's got you, that he's got a process for you, that he loves you, and that he who began a good work 
will bring it to completion. That maybe you feel right now, like Joseph, I'm in a pit, pit of frustration, discouragement, hurt. Maybe you feel like you're in a prison. Can I say that God's got you? He's got you. I think what's amazing, even with the story of Joseph, is so he was sold into slavery, well, he was in a pit, sold into slavery, then in prison, and then he went to the palace. And that actually Christ for us, he went to the pit, he went to hell for us, rose again. So that now we can be, as scripture says, slaves of righteousness. We can be bond servants to God. That we can be prisoners of hope. That we can hope in him. And that we, not only that, but that we are actually now seated with him in heavenly places. And that he's got a good plan for you. In Jesus' name. Can I pray for you? Father, we just thank you. God, that you have good plans, a hope, a future. And Father, right now, I just pray for those who are hurt, disappointed. Father, I just pray right now that you would just heal hearts, that you would touch hearts in Jesus' name. And Father, right now, we surrender our plans, our ways. We let go of them to make room for your process. And Father, we thank you and we say we trust you by faith that you're bringing us from where we are. Maybe it's the pit, maybe it's prison, but that you're bringing us into your promise by your process. So Father, we trust you. Father, I thank you for just a lightness. God, you say that you invite us. Jesus, you've invited us. Come to me, all who are heavy laden, all who have burdens, and I'll give you rest. You invite us into your process to work with you, to walk with you, to learn those unforced rhythms of grace. So Father, I just pray right now for courage in people to take a step more with you, to walk with you because you are with us. You never leave us, you never forsake us. As you're with Joseph, the Lord was with him, Father, I thank you that we can say with confidence, the Lord is with me. So Father, we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us for this time today. 
We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message.